Hey, welcome in. What's going on, everybody? This is the Full Tilt Dynasty podcast presented by Underdog Fantasy. This is the Fantasy Walkabout Season 2, Episode 10. Today is going to get feisty. Join today. It, you know, we are being joined today once again by our man Patrick, the HR alpaca. He's going to handle all the issues between Tom Lee and I that are definitely popping up. Lots of fun stuff today. Today we're going to go through some pick value history what worked what didn't our second round picks the devil we're gonna find out uh we have some guests to announce already for the uh, seemingly more popular than i thought it was uh first round four hour plus broadcast uh of the rookie draft can't wait for that uh i of course as i mentioned i am thomas tipple uh, you can find me at thomas tipple ff and tom lee hates second round picks like my dad hated sticking around and I am the aforementioned Tom Lee. You can find me at Tom underscore Lee 92 on the Twitter. And I don't actually hate second round picks that much. I am far too flippant. And we're going to dive into that later today. Did you say flippant? Flippant. Is that, is that our, are we getting an early? No, we're uh, not getting Aussie slang. This is a, oh, surely, surely this is not Aussie slang work. Flippant. I, I've never heard that word. Too carefree. Uh, yeah, I've never heard that term used before, so I'm calling it an Aussie slang because I'm semi-uncultured, so here we go. Um, look, today's show, as Tom Lee mentioned, is going to be uh, putting this one together. We went back and forth on how we wanted to do it, and it turns out that our differences of opinion are a lot wider than we thought they were on the topic. So it's going to be fun. Like Tom Lee, we blamed you on Tuesday's show almost single-handedly handedly for keeping Trey McBride outside of the top like 27 of yeah. our of our and, picks. And uh, no right of reply. I'm sitting there going, oh, I'm just copying a strafing here. Yes. <laughs> Uh, it's kind of, it, I get it. I get it. You, you dislike, this is, this is why this show is going to be so much fun. Not only do you dislike the tight end position and how it's valued, but you <laughs> also dislike second round picks and how it's, it, they're valued to some degree. Yeah. So, uh, and I very much want to hoard tight ends and hoard second round picks second as much picks. as possible yeah. because they're usually free. And, uh, if they hit, they, they almost certainly return value in my opinion we got kevin coleman early i'm team <laughs> ah, hashtag yes. tom lee look i know we disagreed all right the other day kevin but come on get the, the sit like sit with me here we're, we're we're gonna work it out uh look we want to start with a look it's saturday for me it's sunday for tom lee so for the most part you've heard um, news and notes and everything else from 672,421 other podcasts and people a lot smarter than us. But there was a little bit of news that popped by, so we just quickly want to run down to do we give a shit, do we care, what do we care about. And the real news, I guess that happened today, was Devontae Parker got shipped out of Miami, finally, and yeah. they got more. Miami got more for Devontae Parker <laughs> Then the Cowboys got for Amari Cooper. So that's very interesting. Uh, Devontae Parker is now a New England Patriot to join their awful receiving core. Marlon Mack went to Houston to join the rest of the decrepit running backs. And Taysom Hill is officially a tight end. I don't think that's really new news. I just, I love that it's in there because Mark, if you're listening and you know which (laughs) Mark you are, Captain Taysom Hill 
he can now play tight end. You can scoot him out of your quarterback spot. Uh, yeah. What do we care about for this? There's no real fantasy impact for me here. No, I mean, it's I cool. don't mind Devontae. Like, New England was a very open wide receiver core. So, you know, Parker at 29, if he's going to have one last little little run at it, sure. Go to the accurate, you know, throwing guy in Mac Jones. But it's it's like you said, it's the real it's the real life draft cap that they gave up. A third. Miami's draft pool gets richer. You know, I know. a third it's, for Devontae Parker is just they, insane. They are doing the Tom Lee and just acquiring picks for like next to like nothing it's amazing this is your specialty this is what made me so frustrated with you when i first met you in a fantasy league is that you always seem to find these deals like this is like get like trading away will fuller in a dynasty league for a second and a fourth round rookie pick like it's truly amazing um and yeah. I New England's got to draft a wide receiver. I don't think there's any way they avoid it. I think they have to. I don't think they can go in with Aguilar, uh, Bourne, Myers, and Parker. That's a that's a top. That's a bottom five receiving core in the NFL. That's brutal. Uh, I think I'd actually take I don't know Detroit's. Like, it's just it's just bad. Um, other than that, I don't think. Is there anything else we really? Really needed to net, let let of no no I didn't think so either. We, we can I, don't think so. Look, I wanted to tell a story today. I don't tell a lot of stories about my at home life here, but last night I was up till about 1.30 in the morning playing the new MLB the show, which I love, <laughs> not a sponsor. Uh, and then out my front window I see like a flashlight. And I'm like, okay, this is now I'm creeped out because whatever. I go and I look and I see kind of a car out front. I'm like, all right, this is kind of weird. This is sus, but whatever. And I sit back down about five minutes later, I get a text message from my brother and he goes, uh, are you up? And I was like, well, yeah. So immediately I think something's wrong. Yeah, I'm up. Of course I'm up. I'm awake. I'm whatever. He's like, well, you might as well go outside and, and get some food. And I was like, wait, what? <clears throat> he ordered a burger and fries and they got shipped to my house. Like he had the wrong address put in. I'm on a diet right now, but let me tell you, my wife does not wake up for anything the the house can be on fire an earthquake a break-in it wouldn't matter but we have been like eating vegan and on a diet for like three weeks plus and uh, let me tell you the second she smelled those french fries she shot up uh <laughs> and 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 was right in there so we got a nice little present there uh shout out to my brother for that one uh i'm gonna have to buy him dinner later but yeah that was good i feel really gross right now uh, but we're we're going to tough through that. I'm drinking uh, water and coffee, and we're going to get through it. But just a note, it's okay to cheat on your diet when free food literally shows up on your doorstep. Uh, we're going to take a quick second. I think I got the clips figured out. I know la- on Tuesday they are really laggy and buggy. I don't know what the hell happened there, but I think I got it figured out. We're going to get you a clip from Tuesday's show. We got some clips from a year ago, which is really cool. Kind of shows the development and where we came from. Actually, actually, I'm going to play that one first. When we come back, Tom Lee is going to lead us into the first bit uh, of, of real work on this podcast. And, I mean, probably not a lot of arguments in this one. But, I mean, knowing us, we're going to have, we're going to have at least a couple. So sit tight. I'm trying to find the old clip Rooney here. All right, here we go. Here's a clip from a year ago when we first started. Sit tight. To do in this entire 2020 year was figure out how fast a 40 time you could run and then eat as many 
eat as much protein as possible to pack onto his 5'8 frame so that he could come in at 201 pounds. So that is the best we're going to get out of Kenny Gainwell. He played at, I believe, 190 pounds in college, 201. It's absolutely crazy to look at clips from a year ago for us and not only see Jacob's, like, Bob-style haircut, <laughs> right? I'm crunched up in a hoodie behind a black sheet. Billy's looks exactly the same. Uh, it's really amazing. The stress yep. that that man goes through uh, clearly has not shown through like it has for myself and Jacob. It's truly amazing. Uh, just nice to see. And Tuesday's show was insane. I want to say thank you to everyone that's been downloading, reaching out, agreeing, and very much so disagreeing with my awful takes. Uh, it's It's been great. Uh, I love it. The feedback, fantastic. And uh, we can't wait to do, what is it, 15 to 11 on Tuesdays. Yeah. So we're looking forward to that. No tight ends because Tom Lee hates them. Tom Lee, what, what, are, what are we about to get into? So the entire show today revolves around the mid to late second round pick, right? This is a, a phrase that's oft thrown out there in the, in the Twitter sphere and the fantasy field. Um, you should be acquiring mid to late seconds, right? They're, like you said before, they're essentially free. They're throw-ins. They're not viewed as anything. <clears throat> but for most, they're, they're viewed as sort of this gold mine. You get enough of them, something's bound to hit, and you're going to increase or at least hold value on that pick. So we're going to sort of dive into the last five years of these picks and actually determine whether or not they are this, this little gold mine. Um, and then whether or not we think it's a relevant strategy this year, because this is a class that has been picked on and sort of downtrodden yeah, um, a lot, a lot. And, and then all of a sudden, a few weeks ago, it popped up going, oh, maybe this is, maybe it's not great at the top, but it's quite a deep class. Maybe we want these seconds again. So we're going to have a little look at who's there and, and based off you guys doing 20 through 16 last week and heading towards 15 to 11, we're right in that sweet spot to have a look at who are these guys and you know, what are the what are the questions people are asking themselves in startups this year uh, between vets and rookies and, and where the value is currently at? So we're going to sort of take a walk through all of that. But first, it's a lighthearted stuff. We'll, we'll kick back a few years, go five years in the past and see who are these players that fell in the second round. And really, it's more of a snapshot of how Superflex strategy has evolved over time as well, because players in these positions would not be in this, uh, would not be yeah. currently looked at right now just based on how we've gotten better at doing Superflex. We've gotten better with analytics. So, yeah, I mean, let's kick us off, Tommy. And um, amazing. Uh, so I just have – actually, have I do have a question about the graph that yeah. you have. Uh, yellow yes. are players that hit, in your opinion? <clears throat> these are these guys that I flagged. That are, on this. Yeah, so what we're doing is we're looking at whether or not a player has hit, a player's held value, or busted. So for a player to be a hit in the second, the mid to late second, they need to at least be worth a first, whether it's late, early – or different Ooh, in their okay. first two we years. Have, right? We have yeah. different we have different interpretations of hits, so that'll be interesting to get into. Yeah. So what I flag on our, on our little graph that Tom and I are looking at is players. Oh. Uh, so so this happens with Tom Lee once in a while because he's in uh, Australia. He's lagging a little bit, but he will it'll end up getting sorted. The difficulty of running this show is having someone uh, on the other side of the planet in a place where internet is not super strong. So give me one, give me one second. We're gonna take a quick second here when we come back. I'm, I'm gonna get Tom Lee caught up on where we are. All right, here's a here's a clip from our show uh, last week. I, of course, am your host with the most time on his hands. I am uh, Thomas Tipple FF. And fun facts for today: the first ever episode uploaded of the Full Tilt Dynasty podcast was the Full Tilt DFS for Beginners on September 12th of 2020, and the first rookie show that we ever did was April 3rd of 2021. All right. 
I'm Billy. You can find me on Twitter at BigBillyFF. I spent way too much time today trying to create a meme of Jacob as uh, Will Smith and me as Chris Rock. <laughs> My name is Jacob Sanderson. You can find me on Twitter at FF underscore RTGB. And 100% of wide receivers drafted from Kentucky since 1989 before pick 89 have uh-huh. had a wide receiver one fantasy season. <laughs> oh, wow. I think we already... I like that one. Man, Jacob's love for uh, Wario Robinson uh, really shone through on that episode, which again was Tuesday episode. Look, as I mentioned, Tom Lee is struggling with some internet connectivity. We're going to get him back in here and carry on. But first, we might as well run through it. Like I mentioned at the beginning of the show, we are uh, provided or sponsored by uh, Underdog Fantasy. And our friends at Underdog Fantasy have a fantasy contest on their app right now that no one else is doing. It's called The Dance. If you have watched The Last Dance, you kind of get where this is going. It is it is open from now until April 16th, right before the NBA playoffs start. It has $200,000 in total prizes and $30,000 awarded to first place alone. That's huge. Now is the time to draft your perfect team for the NBA playoffs. Pick players from teams you think will make the conference and NBA finals, and you'll have a shot at winning big money by the time the playoffs playoffs wrap up just go to underdog fantasy if you're new to underdog fantasy well guess what if you haven't played before use promo code full tilt when you deposit they're going to deposit match your money you get free money right up to a hundred dollars and it's going to be uh it, look it's going to be great for you just get in there and not only that it, it opens you up to being able to do best ball drafts and pick them they got baseball this year it's going to be an absolute uh great time uh okay Tom Lee is semi-back here. I don't think he has his camera up. We're going to get through the show today. Like I said, the internet over there in Australia is wild. Take another quick clip here when we come back. We're going to get right back to it, okay? Uh, Wandale played in Kentucky in 2021 after coming from Nebraska at age 21. He played in 13 games, had 104 receptions, 144 targets, which is amazing. 1,334 yards. He had a 39.3% target share, 72% catch rate, seven receiving touchdowns, and zero special teams yards. So, and a partridge and a pear tree. And a partridge and a freaking pear tree. <laughs> All right, so Tom Lee, you are with us. Yo. Absolutely wild what's happening over there in Australia. Jeez, Louise, but look, we um we got it sorted out and you're back with us. Look, um as we as I mentioned before, things went off the rails there for a minute. Uh our views on what a hit is in the second round is Yeah. Uh, obviously different. You mentioned that, you know, they they haven't hit if they're not worth the first round pick or were worth the first round pick. Uh, I disagree with that just in yep. that a second round pick can be valuable because if you're getting weekly usage or even semi-weekly usage out of a second round rookie pick that has a less than what 40% chance of hitting in fantasy, I think that's a win period, especially yep. for the most part you're getting them for or as like say throw in pieces and things like that. But you're right. Strategy has changed over the course of time, especially in the Superflex region, because Superflex isn't 
we may specialize in superflex, right? Yeah. And and you know even tight end premium leagues, but that's not the norm. The norm isn't superflex. We think it is because this is the space that we play in. So it's <laughs> this is where it's remember. going to. Yeah. Yeah, it's important to remember um, that that hasn't always uh, been the case. So important to know. So let's get into the first ones. 2017. Let's Trip get down into memory pick. lane. Right. Mm. We're going to go picks 203, 204, 205, 206, 27, 207, 208, 209, 210, 211, and 212. That's basically the entire second round. Yep. We're not going to talk about all these players. Nah. But I want to – and why we're starting at 203 because it lines up with our Tuesday show. Okay? That's why. We're not going to do 201 or uh, um, yeah, we're gonna leave you know. some of the sexiness for later on, yeah. yeah. <laughs> gotta hey, build into hey, it, you know, a little full play. This is, this is what it's there's, about. There's a lot of sexy in these picks right here. There, there is, is a lot, lot of sexy in these picks. picks. Uh, so yeah. 203 in 2017 was Kareem Hunt, uh, mm-hmm. who I think we can we can say without a shadow of a doubt has been a hit. He is yep. well. There's a joke in there that I'm not gonna make. because <laughs> uh, I'm, yep. I'm, bi- I'm bigger than that. I don't need to hit the low hanging fruit. Not like Kareem Hunt, but we're <laughs> like going to go. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. 204 in that same year was Juju, which say what you want about Juju. He uh, at least produced one to two top tier fantasy seasons. Now has yeah. a chance to redo that. We're going to call that a hit. Kareem Hunt a hit. We're going to go Mitch Trubisky as a hit. As yep. a question mark. Why do you think Mitch Trubisky is a hit? Because I believe... One to two years after you drafted him, you could flip him for a first. So it's it's not for me that I'm saying that these players and, and this is our definitional difference is I don't draft a lot of these players to keep and play them. I want their value to increase so I can flip them for guys who I want to play. So yes. that for me makes him a possible hit. Now if you cashed in on him or not, that is then up to you. That's your strategic decision making that's made him a hit or not. But for me, from a value point of view, it's a hit. From production, possibly. Superflex would have evolved here where you had a few more quarterbacks coming into that sort of mid to late QB2 range that became important. But at the time, this was not even sniffed at, you know. What, what was he off the board? Second quarterback off the board in 2017? I, think so. they, they, I believe they traded up for Traded him. up, yeah. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, so it wasn't even sniffed at. Mid, mid-second round for the second QB off the board, uh, no one even looked twice. So, over the years yeah. as it evolved, I believe his value increased substantially enough. What's crazy to me is that his values dipped, but it's back at a point. And why I think I I think he's a hit, but for a different reason is that his value right now is you're again you can yeah, be able yeah. to trade him now if you've held on or redrafted him for that same spot. Really, two hundred five yeah. is seeming to be the pick that you're you're getting for him, or if you're negotiating with an arch nemesis like Jacob or FF <laughs> underscore RTDB, he's going to gouge you for 201, which yeah. good for him. Uh, that's to me, is why he's a hit. The, the next player at uh, 206 um, is is really heartbreaking for It is me. heartbreaking, yeah. Uh, it's Dante Foreman. I am so happy I got to use him down the stretch for the playoffs because he looked fantastic. He got a contract. I shouldn't say he looked fantastic. He looked really good. He um, good, yeah. Uh, he got a contract in Carolina, so here's hoping. Chuba Hubbard is is definitely yeeted now. Uh, then we have Zay Jones, who just got the bag, so good for him. Not a fantasy <laughs> hit, though. He had, did provide one decent year yeah. uh, last year. Uh, and then 208, the Superflex cycle, Deshaun Kaiser. 
uh, rough. I think 208 has actually been the worst. The worst. Oh, no, 209. <laughs> Never mind, 209. 209 that year, we had Marlon Mack, which we all know how that went, 210. Curtis Samuel, you have down, is not a hit, and I disagree. Curtis Samuel was f- more than fine, and he was a an actual uh, buy, considering uh, the price that you could get on Curtis Samuel. Absolutely, uh, yeah. And then he got the contract, and then it was with Washington, and he just either refused to be healthy to play for that team or just couldn't yeah. stay healthy. But the year prior to that, he was a more than fine uh, asset. I know Andrew yeah. Jameson, fan of the show, he <laughs> – very much loves himself some Curtis Samuel. Uh, so we disagree yeah. on that one. 211 Jamal reason, Williams. Oh, go yeah. ahead. No, no, I was going to say the only reason Curtis Samuel wasn't highlighted as a out-and-out hit was just the, the variance on opinions on the player. Some people loved him. Some people absolutely hate him. Um, so it was more a case of, look, we, we personally believe it, but um, yeah. it was just one of those ones that could go either way. Right. 212, Chris Godwin. Not mm. hard. Not hard to say absolute. Smash Uh, smash uh and so and then 2018 in the same order 203 to 212 christian kirk easy Cortland sutton definitely josh allen come on i don't know josh allen made it to 205 and these are super flex super flex average this is super flex (laughs) adp from dynasty league football okay so josh allen mike gesicki michael gallup so the first four five in that (laughs) In that yep. spot, absolute smashes. So this is not looking good for you for you here right now. Then we had two oh eight <laughs> fantasy favorite Anthony Miller didn't didn't really come up. James Washington has a chance now in Dallas, but didn't really Does. do much at two oh nine. Dante Pettis, <laughs> yeah, Dante Pettis, hilarious. That whole story. Not I don't love when people fail, but Dante Pettis really made it easy to hate on him. <laughs> also, yeah. Dante Pettis is an example is when the fantasy community just just loves a player and wants yeah. to will it into existence and it Absolutely. hilariously yep. doesn't work out. I'm looking at you, Brian Edwards. Then we get 211 <laughs> Dallas Goddard. 211 Dallas Goddard. This is why I draft tight ends in that spot oh, all he's the time. Going early. <laughs> exactly. You can easily flip him for a first in uh in tight end premium league. In, in any and then, format really. <laughs> I don't yeah. yeah, I don't think I can enunciate this name correctly, but Equinimius. Oh, I nailed it. Equinimius no, St. Brown. There yeah. we go. I'm on my shit today. 212. So good that's year. a really good second second tier, and we're still excluding 201 and 202. 2019 yeah. was really rough. Uh, Darrell Henderson. Some people will say he's a hit because he's hashtag better than Cam Akers, but <laughs> Sony Michelle came in and slapped them out of existence. Uh, Hakeem Butler. Uh, <sighs> that's a big whiff, big whiff on that one. Danny Dimes, you highlighted as a hit. That's at 205 in 2019. Yeah, uh, I kind of, <laughs> yeah, considering I saw him uh, get traded for Michael Thomas straight up uh, before yeah. the start of. 2000 and oh what season was it 20 the start of 2020 yeah. uh i'm gonna say he's a hit <laughs> right but yeah. uh and he's, he's, he's a value a hit not a, yeah not a, not a production hit a yeah. value hit for sure considering yeah. right now you're getting him out of value as a starter uh in superflex drew lock <laughs> might hit this year i mean i don't know uh provided sure. you some good games but uh he wasn't a real good um um, one second. Uh, yeah, he's not exactly a, a good a good player. <laughs> uh, 
Sorry, I'm just getting I'm getting a, a message. Uh, one second. Uh, JJ Arcega Whiteside at two oh seven. Sorry about that, everyone. Mm. Just had a message I had to attend to. JJ Arcega 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 Whiteside, sure. absolute yeah, trash, trash. Two oh eight Andy Isabella, hilariously bad. 209 Irv Smith Jr. I fell for the Irv Smith Jr. hype. I fell for it. I fucking fell for it. It was still falling for it. Well, (laughs) Conklin signed, so now he's got a shot. But now I realized my philosophy has changed a lot, especially with some of the guests we've had on, like Austin Gale, Pat Dougherty, Ben Gretsch, others that I've, you know, that I'm forgetting off the top of my head. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not not memorable. Yeah. Exactly. But they. Uh, Irv Smith Jr. is not only undersized to be a tight end, but he's also under-athletic. So now those guys are heated off of my board. I don't want them yeah. anymore. You have Damian Harris here as a hit, which I guess is true. There was a sell window. Yeah. There was a sell window, and I hope you all took it. 15 touchdowns last year, and the guy still barely cracked. <laughs> like what? The top 18 uh, running back? It's just absolutely People are still brutal. talking Damian Harris. This is a- I can't believe it. I can't believe it. Mm. Uh, I almost wanted Fournette to go there so Damian Harris yeah. and Ramondre Stevenson could both just, just explode. Yeah. <laughs> I still can't believe uh, someone told me that Ramondre Stevenson is just uh, Derrick Henry waiting to happen. It, it hurts my soul. <laughs> hurts yep. my soul. Uh, I have that one pinned and ready to fire away when that doesn't come to fruition. Devin Singletary is a hit for sure. He's yep. He avoided the J.D. McKissick thing, and he was a legitimate league winner down the stretch last yeah, year. Yeah, he was usable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely a sell window there. 212, <laughs> this one hurts me a little bit, Justice Hill. So yeah. 2019 only had three hits from picks 203 to 212. So that one's more in favor. Yeah. 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 2020 is <laughs> lit. If for Apologies. the second round, yeah, 2020 <laughs> is lit. 203 T Higgins, uh, regarded as a top 12 dynasty wide receiver, uh, in some uh, corners of the internet. Uh, 204, this one is sad. Denzel Mims, RAP, yep. he's toast. But 205, Michael Pittman Jr., especially mm. now with Matt Ryan. I personally traded uh, like 110 for him recently, uh, so definitely a hit. Brandon Ayuk, uh, FF underscore RTDB is like one of his first Twitter. Uh, flags planted. Love yep. that. LaVisca Chenault, as if you watch the intro, you see the <laughs> RIP. Speaking of flag plants. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no kidding. I think it almost... It's, ugh, I'm so upset by that one. 208 AJ Dillon, whose value is just continuing to skyrocket. Yeah. Uh, 209 fucking Zach Moss. Well, <laughs> we've seen how that one's gone. Not a hit. Yep. Uh, Gordon Love at 210. That one's rough, but 210 is free. You're just taking yeah. shots here. Uh, you, you have that as a value hit, though. A value uh, I, hit. Think, yeah. I think that's Unplayable, because you, but you can return value on a 210. Yeah. yeah, I think you've been able to trade him for more than the 210, which makes him a hit for us. Brian mm-hmm. Edwards. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and then here's the one. Here's the one. 212. Antonio Gibson. And then you have this one here. Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts that year at 301. Yeah, they were they were equal on ADP, so it was split, yeah. and they just had to push one of the next rounds. So, like, yeah. I understand you're not getting that every year, or <laughs> even most years, but come on, yeah, like come on. Uh, this this is why I hoard second round picks. 2021. I just want to point out that I feel it is unfair that right now we're calling these guys hits or not. And misses, 2021. Yeah. 
it's, but it's just, yeah. for the sake of the process, we're going to do it. And then once we get run through this part of the list, we're going to, we're going to have a little conversation about it. 2021 Rondale Moore, 203. I think that he's uh, a value hit at this point. Yep. Mostly if you've held him though, that's worth key about that. Elijah Moore. Oh my God. He's going in the fourth yeah. round of startup drafts right now. Yeah. Definitely a hit. Uh, pour one out for Terrace Marshall. RIP. <sighs> 206, you have Michael Carter is not a hit. I disagree. I was definitely yep. able to ship out Michael Carter for first round picks during yep. his Mike White, yep. uh, uh, Mike White idea. quarterback days when they had a good yep. quarterback there. Uh, 207, Pat Fryermuth, you have not as a hit. I think that's hilariously wrong. I think the next yep. two are, uh, yep. <laughs> but uh, in, in a matter of opinion, Pat Fryermuth, I have traded for first round picks uh, in, yeah. in multiple leagues and he's being drafted higher and higher again. Shout out to the fantasy uh, footballers for boosting his fantasy value for everyone. <laughs> shout out. But at two Oh seven at, yeah, exactly. At two Oh seven, you're more than happy with that pick in yeah. any form, not even just a tight end premium because he was a startable playable asset. Uh, so got to shout him out there. Kadarius Tony, you have not, is not a hit. I also would disagree there because I have traded him for a first round pick, especially during his like three game run of being yeah. relevant. And at a pick at 208, that's kind of all you can ask for in the rookie season. 209, Amon Ross St. Brown, Mummy's Alive himself. Uh, has, I hope I'm not the only one that gets that reference, by the way, because I use it a lot. And like, I don't know if people pick it up, but I hope you do. And if you don't get it or you're too young to get it, please go and watch YouTube and watch Mummies Alive. You owe it to yourself to watch an incredible television program. Uh, one of the best cartoons of all time. 210. Uh, uh, yeah, not a sponsor, but amazing, amazing intro even. It rivals the Power Rangers. Very good. Amon Ross St. Brown, obviously it hit. Again, another league winner from that second round uh, pick spot. Kenneth Gainwell, you saw the clip from Jacob. Uh, not great, but unfortunately, like very weird that he get he got used, but not when he should have. Like when Miles Sanders went down, very odd there. Diami Brown, poor one out, another victim to Washington, and then Amari Rogers, the un most unathletic kick returner I've ever seen in my life, outside of maybe <laughs> Brian Mitchell. If you don't know who Brian Mitchell is, go look him up because that is a that is a pull from history that I am amazed that I, I connected those dots as quickly as I just did. That's not planned. But Brian yeah. Mitchell, I believe, is the career yards uh, holder for kick returns. So, and I don't I don't even think he, he might have scored one touchdown, but former returner for the Giants. Go look him up. It's actually really impressive. Um, but So out of that, let's just say I, I see more hits on that list than not. Yep. Yeah, 20, um, 2021 was a difficult year, right? Because... Like you said, we're talking one or two year windows. So people like Mark Ricardo oh. could be right now, like in that cell window you talked about, on returning that value. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so if I'm if if we're in trade discussions, Tom Lee, I'm asking for these picks because yeah. especially if it's someone say as yourself that does not value them the same way, I'm happy adding them all the time in every single one of my trades. I want to target them, especially like right now. 
in all of my trades right now, I am trying to not only acquire 2023 second round picks, and I know 2023, everyone wants 2023. Well, I was doing the same thing in 2020, trying to get 2022 second round picks. So yeah. right now, I'm also trying to get 2024 second round picks because people yeah. are more willing to just yeet them into trades and not think about it again. Like until yeah. it happens, you can stockpile them. If I'm walking away with six, seven, eight of those second round picks, just looking at this, I am destined to hit on at least three of them. Just yeah. since 2017, the lowest amount that are hits. And I, as I mentioned, going through it, uh, we disagree on what can be classified as hits and what are not, but I'm happy with drew lock at two Oh six. If I were to have him, because you know, he's still on my fantasy teams. He's not on the waiver wire. So you're destined to get three to four hits if you just did go back to 2017. So yeah. if I'm acquiring all these for what I feel like is practically free, then yeah, 100%. That's what I'm doing. Um, and just by this, if I'm going just by this chart, by this exercise, I think that you are accruing more value than you are losing. So long as you are not giving up too much to get these second round picks in your trade yeah. negotiations or if rookie picks are available in drafts. I think that this, and we're going to get into the, the other thing that I, I can't enunciate correctly yet. Cause I can't <laughs> that is an somehow yeah. roll. I can't roll my K's like you, you can <laughs> somehow that's a thing. Um, yeah. I don't get as guttural as you do with them, but I, I sure. think this is really important. This yep. shows that you hit more than you miss. And if you're willing to take the shots, that is, a, and I just want to mention the first round, we're going to get into that uh, in a couple in we're going to start hitting into that next week. It looks like yeah, uh, you're guaranteed fucking nothing. Yep. Jerry next Judy yeah. can't miss prospect. Amazing. He's been doggy do. He's been booty cheeks. And I know he gets Russell Wilson now, but when Russell Wilson's quote is that God gave me a right hand to throw the ball deep to Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick or whoever else is there. Uh, I don't like if I'm just reading into that, it's not great. And you can show me as many workout videos as you want. I at value, I'm still taking Tim Patrick and Cortland Sutton over Jerry Judy, who could end up being good, but you're not guaranteed Keyshawn Vaughn first round pick. Well, how well did that go? Uh, Jalen Rieger, like you're guaranteed nothing. Trevor nothing. Lawrence, 101. Yep. And people, and as much as people on the internet can argue with me, uh, in every league that I'm in, people are trying to trade me their shares of Trevor Lawrence in every single one. Yeah. Uh, so his, people are scared and worried. You're guaranteed nothing in the first round. So why not take a shot on the second round where nothing is guaranteed and value seems to just pop up out of nowhere? Yeah, that's my take on it. I don't know. That's long winded, but no, because this is it, right? And I think that's that's something we should clarify. Is I'm not an advocate for saying you shouldn't go out and get second round picks, right? This is more a case of the way my process works in acquiring extra value. I don't use this type of value acquisition, um, just because if you get stuck with it and you miss on it, you lose that value altogether. So I'm happy to send away seconds because I know with my process, I'm more likely to hit on the vet that I'm trying to acquire, right? I back in sure. that part of it where I know what I'm getting and I, I'm happy to acquire it at that cost because once someone picks with that second, I'm also going to back in my ability to go and get that asset back at a, at a you know, reasonably increased price. Like you're not going to go, all right, I see week one of T Higgins. He's now worth a late first. I'll go buy him for a late first. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. I'm not going to wait till he's wide receiver six in dynasty to go get him. 
And that's what we did this year. It's these guys that I like, we don't know where they're going to fall. You take a risk with acquiring a pick and hoping that everyone else in your league doesn't um, snipe you. And that's probably one big part that I've been burnt on early with that process is you're stuck with a Denzel Mims where you really want a T Higgins because that was the end of your tier. So yeah, we'll get into rookie we'll get into rookie drafting and that strategy later on. But that's, that's the only reason true. far out that I'll do it is because I'm I'm pretty confident I can get those guys or picks back later on. Um, so that's why I said don't go out and do it if, if that's not how you play. Because if that's not something you're confident in, that's not something that you like doing, hoard the picks. You know, like you said, it's far more valuable to have them than not. Um, but for me, with the way I play and the way I like to construct the rosters, I'm going to capitalize on the on the vets that are sitting there, like the James Connors, the Fournettes, because if they're worth a second round pick, and I think that they can become worth a first, they're going to be well worth a first. Like the Wizards are yeah. very, very high output. Yeah. So it's just that dice roll you take. You know, it's not that I'm saying they're worth nothing, and I think that gets misconstrued. But for me, I think they increase the trade value perceptively to the other parties so much that I can get the guy I'm pretty confident in. And if I miss it, well, I'll go back and get the guy I missed. And, you know, it's a big put yeah. the hand up saying, whoops, you know, me a culpa, that's my bad. Um, yeah. You know, I'll go get the guy. I'll pay. I won't pay the iron price, but I'll go pay the price because that's <laughs> that's what it is. This is what Dynasty is. So, well, you... And this is a great example of how to do the work to look back at where the value is. And there's heaps of it here. I don't think I've ever seen you pay the iron price for a player ever. <laughs> I just don't think it's in your DNA. Uh <laughs> But I mean, that's a testament to your patience and your ability to know exactly what you want. And if you don't get exactly what you want, you're willing to walk away. And I think a lot of fantasy managers don't have that. Uh, that's and it pisses one thing. a lot of people off in trade. It does. Wrong. It yeah. does. But I mean, who cares? I mean, the, the yeah. point is to win. And I need to do that more because I'm, I'm more willing to say, yes, yeah, screw it uh, to, yeah. to get the deal done. And it's cost me a lot. And people are going to get upset. I'm in many leagues, and shout out to at Cam's Not Sober. His leagues are so much fun. Yeah. But leagues like that, I'm terrified to send a trade offer because you never know if it's getting dropped into the chat, right? Like <laughs> the it's, chat, yeah. It, it's a good <laughs> roasting, but it, yeah. it's so much fun. It's so much fun. So, yeah, it might, it might make people mad. It might become a, a fun exercise. Who knows with, with fantasy? You could send a trade that's completely even in your eyes, it checks out on trade calculators if you want to go that way. Uh, and, and someone can send it back. It's like, is this, is this fucking serious? I just think that's, yeah. I think that's just the, uh, a, a sign of the status fantasy football is in is no yeah. one's opinions are ever going to add up, which is why ADP and, exists in the first place. And that's why we try to walk you through this process because you make your own decision. If you like what, what you're hearing, go and get these picks. You know, it's like the whole idea of having different strategies that they, they can all work if executed well. But understand how they work, the nuts and bolts. And that's what's been so great about the guest episodes previously is understanding and going into detail about how these strategies work, how they could work for you in different positions and giving you different elements to your arsenal to start picking apart your dynasty leagues and starting to win in different ways. And that can be really, really entertaining and fun. Yeah, I I, I couldn't agree more. I think that's, that's a fun exercise. But look, right now I'm going to say that I'm fucking winning because – uh, right. you, you you hit more than you lose so far, so I'm I'm, I'm taking uh, I'm taking round one, and mostly because I run this program and I'm allowed to do that. Look, we're gonna take a quick second. I got a clip queued up. Uh, we we've been talking for oh Voorhees finally made it before the end. Yes. Voorhees TV. Look, go and check him out on Twitch. He is some of the most fun playing games. The dude has music that is on top tier levels. 
and he is an absolute great time. Toxic as hell, but we love it. Um, <laughs> you're going to want to go and check him out. I'm, I'm happy you managed to make it uh, before the end, mate. Look, we're going to play a clip from our show uh, on Tuesday. That was the rookie show. And when we come back, we're going to get into that thing that I can't pronounce properly. All right? Sit tight. And I just keep coming back to White because he's the guy at six feet, 210, runs in the low four fours, has monster college receiving production, you know, and I'm like, man, this guy can actually contribute in all phases. The only thing I'll note with White, I don't think that he's like quite as good of a receiving prospect as it looks like. He's not a guy when I've watched him that's getting like a ton of the route tree. He's not an Aaron Jones. He's not an Alvin Kamara. I think he benefited a little bit from his team's willingness to check it down. That being said, if you get that high of a target share, at least we know he's a serviceable receiver. He's not a guy who's going to have to get subbed off on third downs. And so to me, that checks enough boxes that I'm happy with it, even if he's not necessarily like a dynamic receiving option. But he's just a guy who I think can do everything well, and that's the kind of guy that I want to be targeting. The always knowledgeable Jacob Sanderson dropping his Rashad White takes. I agree. I think if what he gets any sort point. of, yep, yeah, I I think that if he gets any sort of draft capital, he's going to shoot right up the the ranks. He could pass Spiller for me uh, because I think he's more of a complete package. So you can at me if you want to. I don't care. <laughs> um, that's just an opinion. All right, I'm going to be wrong on most of them anyway, but I'm all right with that. Uh, Tom Lee, can you? I see that uh, your face is back. Uh, it sure is. Everyone is is very much happy with that. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna try to to keep it on track with the interwebs. Uh, why don't you walk us through what's happening next here? So hard yakka, right? And I don't know why you struggle to pronounce this every single week. It's simple because it's straightforward. it looks like yakka to me, but you want oh, you enunci- said it. You yeah. wanted to enunciate yakka. Oh, yakka. Or, exactly. No. Yeah. Hard yakka. Anyway, I can't. <laughs> I can't this is the dynasty way. hard work, right? This is what we're doing. So we talked about before, we sort of walked through pick value across the last five years. Let's have a look at this class. Let's have a look at startup ADP. So we're going to use DLF's right. ADP from March 2020. So the Superflex ADP. And what I wanted to do is pull this example of vet versus rookie risk. And of course, we're not going to say it. the player that we compare in the startup draft is then worth this other player in a trade, right? I'm not saying with any of these that you should trade this pick for this player. And I'm not saying it'll happen out there, but... Startup season start becoming a thing. We've got drafts starting up. We've got the rookie draft coming up. So where like what does our 203 to 212 look like in this in this draft? And then what are some vet values around that mark that you could also take a risk on to, to, to decide what you want? Because we talked about it before, both sides of this this tactic have value. Um but you know, who are we taking a risk on this year and who do we like and who do who don't we like is really the main thing. So um and- yeah. And it's important. It is important to do these exercises, folks, because if you don't do these exercises and look into your process and be willing to openly state where you would go with things so that you can go back and look on it later, what are you doing? Because this is how we learn. This is doing conversations like this are why the Full Tilt Dynasty podcast started to begin with. Because Jacob, myself, Billy, and then Tom Lee, and then Maddie, and now Lucas. We have all joined together because these conversations were happening in our leagues all the time. And they are happening in your leagues all the time, whether you know it or not. In other people's DMs that are in your league, they're always having these discussions. And it is important. It is so important to be willing to to talk about it, 
go through it, be wrong, because this yeah. is how you develop a process to begin with. Being wrong is okay. It's I'm going to be crucial. wrong. Yeah. Yes. It, yeah. Crucial is right. Um, it is how you learn and develop uh, your your game and how you can make it so you can win a lot more down the road. Uh, no one's right all the time. Anyone tells you they are, they're full of shit. Uh, I'm about to be really wrong with a lot of what we're about to go through. And I'm okay knowing that I'm okay knowing that it does not hurt my feelings. So get ready, Lucas, you get ready to clip these, uh, get ready to clip what we're going to go through. Also, can I just shout out, uh, uh, Lucas real quick. Luke joined our, our team to help me with some video editing because we had so much content coming out. And I got to say, all the clips that you see in between segments, all the clips you see on the Bird app, uh, it, it, none of it would be possible uh, without him. And so we're very happy to to have him as part of the team. And you should definitely go to Twitch uh, and go follow the uh, the Cute Hurts and, and have a great time with his streams because – Fantastic human being, very smart, very knowledgeable, very happy to have him on the team. So I just wanted to give him the shout-out he deserved there. Uh, Tom Lee, hit me with the first trade question. Also, you guys love these trade questions. So uh, <laughs> one of the reasons we keep doing them is because people keep requesting them. And you guys send me your DMs of your trades. Uh, and thank you for that. Uh, I'm sorry if I get them wrong, but I'm I'm very uh, – I'm honored to, to – be someone that you've asked for trade advice, honestly. So Tom Lee hit me with these so I can so we'll be start, really wrong. We'll start at 212. So what we're gonna do is look at 212 oh, the asset. Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah. Because well, you know, we're gonna walk it in like we should have uh, a year ago. We're gonna learn from our process, gonna walk our, our way into the, the sexy stuff. So 212 in a startup is going back to back with JD McKissick. So from a value point of view, would you prefer the 212 or JD McKissick without thinking who would I get with that pick? Uh, 212, JD McKissick, uh, you have down Wandale. Yeah. So Wandale is the guy at ADP who you would get with the 212, yeah. but again, you're never guaranteed that until obviously every this single is, person's rookie drops different. Yeah, so. It's, it's yeah. important to note that this is obviously without draft capital included. Yeah. So right now I'm taking JD McKissick at 212 because I don't believe in Wandale. So part of my process would be McKissick because I, not only was he usable last year, he was fucking great last year. So yeah. JD McKissick is one of my favorite targets. I'm taking JD McKissick over 212, which by ADP right now would be Wandell Robinson. Because I think that's the thing, right? You look at ADP, we're talking a range of outcomes. So based on draft cap, you could get guys with very little draft cap pushed down like you've seen in previous years. Um, or you're going to see, you know, these guys like Wandell, if they get the draft cap rise way up the board, you're not going to be able to get access to them. So for me, I don't want to look at who is at ADP too specifically because it's going to change rapidly. It's looking at, do I value the risk of who I'm going to get at 212 with JD McKissick? Bias for me leads towards the known asset in JD. The things yeah. can also change. So for me, this is an even split. I don't really care which side of this you prefer. If you think mm -hmm. that JD is a valuable addition to your team, I think you can return better than a 212 value later in the season. But yeah. at the same time, you know, roll the dice. Your rookie I mean, draft may be very, very opinion-based, and you might get a gem at 212. It's going to be different because Jacob is definitely taking Wandale like 201 no matter what. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And if that pushes everyone you like down, then maybe roll with the 212. Yeah. But, but for again, me, this is a pretty even split, but I like yeah. I like that you like McKissick. 
this this is again i just want to reiterate like this is a process just based on taking it as it is at, at face value we obviously understand that all of these values are going to change and guess what we're going to redo this fucking process after the draft because again Damn. it's going to be important uh, especially for making fun of whether or not i was right or wrong so <laughs> what's next so 211 so around 211's adp we have odell beckham jr so coming off an ACL mid to late in the season, late in the season, yeah, he's not going to be ready to start the year. Back at LA, but also free I'm, agent. So, yeah, go on. I'm taking I'm taking Odell. I'm also taking Odell in this situation. Yeah, yeah. two eleven right now. You have is Kyron Williams. Uh, that's the ADP for two eleven. Um, so could be Wondell, could be any other guys on the list, but yes, yeah. Yeah, I'm taking OBJ if the 2022 ADP stays at like Kyron Williams. 211 or OBJ, I'm taking Odell Beckham because I still think even after another knee tear, he is he's already going to be a playable flex pretty much anywhere yeah. he goes. Apparently except for wherever Baker Mayfield goes. Yeah. God, that guy's a bum. <laughs> and I think the, the tough part of this is the, the back half of the second is where either value is going to slide, and we've seen this in, in looking back to the years, or it's going to push you out of the guys you actually want. And when you get, we're going to get to one in two picks time for you, especially, Tom, who you'll probably go a lot earlier on this guy as far as the rookie goes, regardless if he gets the draft cap, regardless. So 210 we get to, 210 and Kenny Galladay going back to back. Kenny Galladay on the second year of a four-year deal, which is probably a three-year deal with New York, still stuck with Danny Dimes. The proven asset of Kenny in theory here should win out uh, every single time, but unequivocally, people are torn on Kenny Holiday. So, if you're in a startup draft, are you taking two ten or are you taking Kenny and taking a shot? Oh my gosh, uh, man, two ten or Kenny Galladay? Oh boy! See, I for me, it should be thing. unequivocally Kenny Galladay, right? Not See, because I, I think he'll be anything. Unequivocally, yeah, like. It, it's just a, it's an asset that I'm going. This, I'll take this to me as a piece I could sit on my bench and go. If he's anything, at least I've got him there. Right. You can argue the same thing with the with the. But I the, the the player the player you have here listed is Zamir White. I'm not a big Zamir mm -hmm. White fan, and yep. I'm not a fan of those running backs in the late second round unless their yep. name is I don't know Antonio freaking Gibson. <laughs> but uh, considering Damian Harris is one of the players highlighted at two ten. Uh, as a hit, I, I'm going to take Kenny Galladay based on that right yep. now. Um, obviously, I'm ready for this to backfire, but I think I have Kenny Galladay and probably more than most wide receivers because he is free uh, and maybe Dabble can actually, I don't know, use them. The man does did command targets when healthy, so we'll see. Yeah, I'll, I'll take Kenny Galladay. The there. There, right? You saw yeah, because he is free. We're on these late seconds, that's a free, essentially a free shot. It's the same thing with a vet. You know, these guys are also somewhat free, especially in yeah. startup drafts. Like, you know, it's not going to take much to leave a, a Kenny Yoda off someone's roster if you want that depth shot on your bench. So, um, again, you can go either way on this, but I like Kenny. And for you, what did you say? You, you're going to take a shot on Kenny too? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm taking Kenny Galladay on that one. I know I'm going to regret it. This next one is spicy for me. What is the, uh, What do we got? 209 or Zach Ertz. Yeah, and the player you have here is real fucking convenient. You're lucky Perfect, I don't, right? It lined I don't, up. You're lucky I don't vet your research just so I can <laughs> try to call you out because this is too set up for me. Yeah. Uh, but we've got Zach Ertz or Trey McBride. And funny enough, 
prior to Ertz arriving in Arizona, I would have said Trey McBride oh, in a minute. Absolutely. Now, what's what's funny to me is that I'm sitting here preaching taking second round picks, yet I've taken the vet side every single time. So far, uh, yeah. And I will again. I'm taking Zach Ertz because in Arizona, they haven't really added anything to the puzzle. They've they've removed and. Yeah. Uh, oh my gosh, I f- honestly forget it. Kyler Murray. I can't believe I almost fucking forgot <laughs> Kyler Murray's name. Yeah. Oh my god. Shit um, Lamar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shit Lamar. Oh, oh. <laughs> Tom Lee said that, not me. Exactly. Before everyone on Twitter uh, asked Stucky me about it. at eight in the morning. <laughs> and I didn't pay him. Okay. I know that I always say that you get bonuses and stuff when you. Hype Lamar Jackson. I did not pay for that <laughs> That's one. Not happening but I'm yet. taking yeah. Zach Ertz here because Zach Ertz is what I hope Trey McBride can be. And Chris, knowing yeah. tight ends, if it's Trey McBride at 209, which in my drafts he'll never fucking make it that far because he's not he's not getting past 204 for me. Um yeah. but you'll be able to trade for Trey McBride when he's a letdown in year one anyway. So yeah. I'll take Zach Ertz here because I have definitely traded a first round uh, I traded Zach Ertz away for a first round pick during yeah. that hype point last year. So Yeah, and yeah. this is crucial again. The pick versus a vet player is an ADP startup decision. It's not what you're gonna be able to trade these players for, right? You're not yes, gonna be able to yeah. trade two oh nine for Zach Ertz. But if you're in a startup, people start getting excited about what the rookie class could be. You're gonna have a decision somewhere along the line of do I pick yeah. the vet or do I pick the pick? Um, and I'm also on Zach Ertz's side. I want to stop down and talk a little bit about tight ends there because like you said, I hate paying any price for tight ends. Um, yep. But you'll never get them cheaper than in a startup. And this is a point you made during the week. You're not going to get a tight end cheaper, really, like a Trey McBride, who is an awesome athlete at 209. Now, he didn't make our list because, for me, like Did I said, my process, is, my process is if I'm going to pick him up, it's going to be after a year on someone's roster. I like what I see. And they're not going to have paid 103 like they did with Kyle Pitts. This is an attainable asset. If I think he is the dude or a guy, I'll go and pay a higher price. But I want to look first. I'm not spending a second on Trey McBride at the moment unless he gets amazing draft cap or there's a clear path to production in that first year because otherwise I think I can acquire him at price. But yeah, Zach Ertz for me in the startup. 209 is just too wishy-washy at that back end and Zach Ertz is the guy as tight end one in Arizona. And they used him really well down the stretch last year as well. Yeah, and and again, he was a... Uh, Zach Ertz is one of those players that even I shit on for a long time uh, for being like dust and then possibly rightly so yeah <laughs> at the time but then he immediately goes he to another dusty. team yeah. that uses him as as a number one yeah. option there's only like six teams that do that and yeah. uh, all of a sudden he's replenished his value almost completely so what's next so we start getting into the mid second and the mid second is where if value gets pushed back in this draft that can be a bit deep even though it's flat with value this is where you've got a bit more of a tough decision because there could be some sexy sexy rookies sliding down to 208 here. So 208, 208, or Ramondre Stevenson, oh, the backup running back, right? Oh, 208. Smash. In, oh, a, in a startup like, especially, yeah. Like 208 for Ramondre would be like a dream. Uh, I traded away all my Ramondre Stevenson when the Derrick Henry comps got made. Uh, yep. I think he's an overhyped player on a team that hates one running back, so... Give me, give me 208 pretty pretty easily. And you even have Carson Strong. And, yeah, yeah. I'll take that. late, Like a late second-round quarterback flyer in a super flex. And Carson Strong is a guy that he's not exciting, right? No. Jacob always mocks him for his 
negative athletic score, <laughs> but he's also a guy that like uh, Mills, right, is a tall, decent arm. I guess strong quarterback. <laughs> uh, uh, quarterback that NFL teams just love to use. So I'll yeah. take him at 208 if that's the pick. I would I would trade Carson Strong for Rolander Stevenson because I think Stevenson sucks. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think this is starting to get to the range. Like the issue with the strong is that if he gets first round draft cap, <clears throat> not gonna happen. Um he's not gonna be here, right? But realistically his best case scenario, second or third round to a team who likes pocket quarterbacks, you know there's all sorts of scenarios that happen, but at that sort of peak at that sort of range, you're going to go with the 208 because, and the best part, the best part, Tom Lee, mm. is that you'll be able to trade Ramondre Stevens for that 208 plus. Yeah. You'll be able to, you're absolutely yeah. going to be able to Mondre for 208 plus. I think you'll easily be able to get Stevenson, the guy that for some reason you're able to move for like a 205, 204 in a lot of cases. So this, because so this is then the interesting call because in a startup, if you are facing them the decision of a 2-8 or a Mondre, do you take Ramondre with the plan of trying to trade him? Because if you think you can capitalize on more value, value drafting and value trading says possibly you take the bet there because we think we can return better on investment than the pick. I'm sorry, can you repeat that? I had something come across my thing. That that's okay. So Ramon, you just I'm said very sorry, Ramondre. everyone. I'm... That's okay. It's a busy morning. There's shit going on. Busy afternoon for you guys. There's shit going on everywhere. So yeah. in a startup, we're talking 208 versus Ramondre Stevenson. We believe we can return greater value than the 208 with Ramondre. So would we not then look to draft Ramondre in the startup to return the greater value? Or is it no. just too risky to try and move that asset? Be yeah, I'm all good being confident in, in my ability to make moves. But if yep. he's fallen that, for, that far, it's that far probably already. because... Good. The people in your league volume at that point. I like you're, this. I set them up and you knock them down. This is good. You're, yeah. You're gonna you're gonna be able to trade him away in leagues that exist a lot easier than you would be if leagues. you had just drafted him. Because and that's why we focus on established league value because it, it's critically, critically, critically important uh for your development as a fantasy player to be able to manage those. And in startups. Chances are, like when a startup ends, how many times when a startup ends does somebody immediately hit your DM and be like, "Let me, let me trade you this guy that I drafted in the twenty seventh round for that round you fifteen pick, yeah. but I'll give you a third. It's like, no, yeah. I saw where you fucking drafted him. Like, yeah, to an extent, draft value doesn't matter, but like, come on, man, try harder. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Next. Yeah, and you know, you know that answer. That was correct, right? Um, two hundred seven or Christian Kirk. So this is a guy. That 207. obviously it's just been paid the bag. 207. But neither of us like, right? 207. Oh yeah. 207. Especially when we start looking okay. at how deep this class is with wide receiver. If they get the draft cap, we think they can get. Guys like Christian Watson, Sky Moore sliding down towards here. Um, Jahan Dotson, what whoever you think, if they're there, I'm taking those guys over Christian Kirk every single yeah. day of the week. So for me, it's also the pick. Because again, it's like relevant theme. You're going to be able to get a plus involved here, and I think Sky Moore is a better player than Christian Kirk is out of college. I was yeah. never a Christian Kirk guy, um, uh, so I, I'll yeah. take the pick here because Sky Moore, I think, is and maybe Sky Moore won't have the same situation that Kirk has. Maybe yeah. Christian Kirk is like a um, amazing player this year if you quote unquote follow the money and follow what Trevor Lawrence likes to do, but I'm also not sold on Trevor Lawrence and I think bad franchises yeah. stay bad. So um, I'll take Sky Moore Cause I think 
uh, Sky Moore has a better chance of his value appreciating than just flatlining yeah. like Christian Kirk's. I've never, I've almost never seen a receiver get paid that kind of money to be a wide receiver one and lose value. It's crazy. It's not crazy. Yeah. Next. Cool. 206 or Rashad Penny. The ultimate dice roll. God, 206, please. Stop the Rashad Penny thing. Give me 206. Interesting. I've just yeah, seen Rashad give, Penny give me, quiet give me Rash- in the league. Give, yeah. give me Rashad Penny, who now has a worse offense and an archaic system <laughs> that's going to rely on those giant breaks. No, absolutely in the, not. In the last year of his rookie contract. No. Coming off heaps of injuries. He is a guy that if I already have Rashad Penny on my roster, I'm likely not moving him because I just want to see if there's any chance oh, I've of him sold him already. Yeah, like I'll probably hold champion. it because yeah, yeah. But if I can get 204, 205, pretty tempting at this point, right? Oh, give me 206 because you have Christian Watson down as 206. Christian Watson yeah. might get first round draft capital, so obviously yeah. this is going to change. I'm willing to pay that right now in a minute. Like, I I wouldn't even I would not I would not have to blink twice to accept this yeah. trade. 206 because 205 204 203 you start to get into the range of these guys are likely if not assured you know, not really sure but second or third round draft cap so these guys are oh. he is lagging so, again everybody yeah. i apologize um, um look one of the uh, reasons i'm taking 206 here tom lee one of the reasons just if we go back to 2017 mike Asiki, brandon Ayuk, michael carter Yep. I've done more in their career than Rashad Penny ever. And I would argue that Drew Locke is close and Foreman would have come close had Penny not absolutely blown up. So, yeah, give me that 206. Just historically speaking, I'll take that. I bet against guys like Penny all the time. So, yep. no thanks. Next up, we're going to try to hammer these through these so we can get out of here a decent time. We'll get out of here. Let's do it. 205 or Damian Harris? 205. The aforementioned 205. Damian Harris. Yeah. Oh, going to make me puke. Give me 205. Yeah, see, I'm, I'm going to say 205 because you're not going to find Damian Harris on a roster because he's already gone. Um, yeah, fuck no. Yeah. 205, Mitch Trubisky, Josh Allen, Daniel Jones, Michael Pittman Jr., and Terrace Marshall. Excluding Terrace Marshall, 205 is a smash pick over the last four or five years that you definitely need to be acquiring. Give me 205. Yep. You have, uh, I always say this name wrong too, Jahan Dotson. I'm no, just no. hitting the names yeah. today. I'm hitting the names today. Who I call Jalen Rieger light. Uh, so yep. I obviously don't want Dotson on my teams, but I'm willing to bet for Dotson more than I'm willing to bet against a guy who had 15 rushing touchdowns and was barely <laughs> freaking usable. So give, give me a uh, opportunity with Dotson. Yeah. Yeah. Give, give me that 205 over Harris because I just avoid running backs like Harris. Yeah. So very interesting that I, I obviously yeeted all the low end seconds, but I, I want the seconds at 207 and, and up. So interesting. This is why we're doing the process. This is exactly this is why. Can't yeah. wait to be wrong and have Damian Harris be an exactly. RB1 <laughs> and Stevenson be an RB1 because Mac Jones is bad. Okay, next. 204, Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen probably one season ago, possibly top 24, top 12 production if everything hits right. I doubt it, but you're taking a dice roll on the last, the last year. Gonna score, last Adam see, the thing with Adam Thielen is going to score touchdowns. People have been yeah. calling regression for a while. Shout out to Linda Lyons on Twitter, who is a huge Adam Thielen uh, regression reminder that she will let you know if you touted his touchdown regression the man scores touchdowns because Kirk cousins loves him uh but i am personally taking 204 because again if you just go back to 2017 juju sutton elijah moore so three out of five 
right? Yeah. So again, I know history is history and whatever, whatever. It's not a guarantee, but neither is Adam Thielen continuing to gain value. I want to uh, have assets that appreciate in value, uh, not yeah. either stay the same or get low. I loved Adam Thielen's season. I loved when everyone's team name was hooked on a Thielen, right? I loved it back in the day, but it, that yeah. time is over now. Give me, give me 204. Yeah, I agree. Last one for us. And, uh, I just want to shout yeah, out you have Rashad White here at 204. Yes. So, yeah, absolutely. 100%. Last one. 203 or Chase Edmonds. The newly Miami running back. Yeah. 203. Because I think that Rashad White could end up in Miami and all of a sudden absolutely judo chop uh, Chase Edmonds' value down right back to where it was supposed to be. Can I just ask why we give a shit about Chase Edmonds? The man has a couple of weeks over his entire career as being a, a super smash hit, even if that fantasy asset. Yet every year, what last year he turned, he changed his number and put a red visor on <laughs> and took a picture. And everyone's like, smash, yeah, smash, I need him. <laughs> and what did he give you? He, he, meh, meh, yeah. meh. They kept Connor, gave him the bag, and they, they let. Edmonds walk for what basically a one-year contract, right? Yeah. And I, I get it. Chase Edmonds well, might be really good this year. Maybe he is. Maybe. But they have two running backs now that could stub their toe and be out seven weeks. So, no thanks. Yeah, but injuries, Tom. I don't care. I just don't want that variance. If you're going to wave 203 in my face, I'm just taking it. And I would take, how's this for you? I know with ADP, it's what we're going on. But you give me anywhere from 209 to 203 for Chase Edmonds, and I'm very much likely to take that. Yep. Very much likely to take that. Like, and little hesitation, especially if I know that I could get, like, if you give me 208 and 206 for Chase Edmonds, oh, my God, I'm going to laugh. You're giving me the opportunity to get a guy like A.J. Dillon, uh, Mike Isicki, or Brandon Ayuk, or any – even you give me Damian Harris and, let's say, I don't know, uh, Michael Gallup, basically, for Chase Edmonds right now, if if those two picks hit, if they were to hit, I should say. Yeah, in a minute. And even if one of them don't hit, if I get stuck with, like, Donta Foreman and maybe I hit on Dallas Goddard at 211, right? Like, you give me 206, 211. I, I'm willing to do that on a player like Edmonds, who is literally yeah. a freaking rental of a player for my dynasty teams. It's not even, it's not a question to me. It's easy money. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Edmonds is a guy that I'm trying to go, if I'm trying to acquire like a Fournette or I'm trying to acquire Connor, I'm going Edmonds plus a piece. I'm trying to entice yeah. that as the, the value yeah. piece saying, Oh, we've gone down a tier. Cause I don't think it's a tier. I think it's a lot more. But that's okay. Yeah. That's a great point. Great point. And, and, and the pick right now by ADP is, is Desmond Ritter. Obviously, I think that'll change. I think he's going to get better draft capital than people think. But I think people are so low on this quarterback class. You're going to see Corral and Ritter and probably Baby Hands Pickett and some of these other guys. Uh, Howell, who I super regret putting him as high as I did. He would not be on the list if not for me. And I yeah. immediately regretted that, which you can go and find on the show from last week. <laughs> but yeah, give me Ritter over Chase Edmonds just because it's it's quarterback value. It's a high draft pick. I mean, yeah. 203, Kareem Hunt, Chris Kirk, T. Higgins, some quarterbacks yeah. taken in the second round, even at 205, like we mentioned. Mitch Trubisky, Josh Allen, Daniel Jones, Drew Locke, uh, uh, Jordan Love. Like, so many of those spots appreciate and value over time, and, and that's of, so important. 
Yeah, the beauty of the 203 as well is even if this draft class shits itself, any of the guys behind him on this <laughs> list, if you like him, you're going to get that guy at that position. You're going to pick ahead of everyone else. So that's the beauty of the 203. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I Again, I have a hard time uh, saying things better than you do when it comes to that. I apparently can't <laughs> talk right now because I have something in my throat. <clears throat> but we will come back after another clip and uh, get this thing out of here. So sit tight. Thanks, everybody. Do I use the bar graph? Yes. Is that my only process? No. And it's like with Leonard Fournette. Does he have pretty pretty bad advanced metrics? Absolutely. Do I still draft a lot of Leonard Fournette and value him generally above consensus? Absolutely. And it's because there's other factors at play. So I, I think that's what I would say to all the people that are like, oh, it's just a bar graph. Uh, no, I will not be prisoner to the bar graph. I, I think that's important. Perception to that is really, really important. That clip is profoundly important to me because we had Josh Larkey on and Austin Gale on. Austin Gale yeah. the, uh, was the, is the lead content creator, uh, Oh my God, content coordinator for Pro Football Focus. Cannot believe we had him on the show. Incredible show to go back and watch. And then Josh Larkey, who at the time was a, a lead analyst, uh, a lead data for um, Player Profiler, two websites that are constantly accused of just living and dying by their one metric. Player Profiler, it's the bar graph, which is why I asked him, like, why do you think people live or die by the bar yeah. graph or think that you do? And I asked Austin Gale why the perception of pro football focus is that their grade number is the only thing they give a shit about. And they don't. And they both did a great job of explaining those things. Tom Lee, what, before we get out of here, final thoughts and, and, and Aussie slang, if you got one, because I need Aussie it. slang. Yeah, so we got one. Um, this week's Aussie slang is a little saying that was made famous by one of our prime ministers a few years ago. Uh, it's, it's a fair shake of the sauce bottle, is what the saying is. A fair right? shake of the sauce bottle. I love Aussie, it. Aussies want a fair shake, right? And all it means is I just want an opportunity to go out and do what I want to do, right? Give me a fair shake. Uh, and what we weren't provided today by the Australian internet was a fair shake. So fuck you, Australia. Uh, <laughs> I'm, off, I'm off you for today. Ugh, yes. But yeah, fair shake of the sauce bottle. Go out there in trade negotiations. Mate, all I want is a fair shake. Uh, and use it, spread the love. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I want a fair shake of the sauce bottle. Oh, my God. I love that. And look, I, I always want to end the shows the same way, man. It, it's important to, again, I mentioned it before, but it is so important to look inward uh, and onward with your process. And I just want to say I am so hyped for the, the live draft show at this point. Like I said, some of the guests that we have booked as of right now, and like I said, we have more on the way, but it's also important to note that it is very difficult to manage 29 guests, you know, which is, I think, the number we had last year, 27. So this is obviously going to be subject to change as it's such a busy day for people. But as of right now, we, we've got guys like Mike, or you know him as at Daddy's Home FF. We've got John Arrington, my co-host of the, the Midweek Tilt. We've got Coach Bruce. We've got Akash, or at uh, YZR Fantasy. We've got Herms. We've got uh, Kelly Singh from uh, at Kelly. Oh, my God. At Kelly in Phoenix. 
super dope. We got the entire JYB crew. Unbelievable. Bob Gilchrist, Matt Donnelly, Jeff Lambert of goingfor2.com, Anthony Carrenti coming back, Chase Vernon. It, like, And it's just the beginning. Steven Johnson, John Helmkamp. We've got such a group of people that have uh, uh, just been an amazing influence and, and great great additions to our fantasy circle. We've got, we got some new people here. Paul DFF or at fantasy freezer. Uh, we got in touch. We're going to have him on for the draft show so much more on the way. And we're happy to be able to continue to provide different content than what you normally see out there in the world. Give it to you in our, our humble or in Jacob's case, maybe not as humble opinions and, and yeah. keep things fresh and interesting, man. Cause, cause I love the opportunity to do it. The show started from nothing and now we're here and we're growing. We got underdog. Uh, we're trying to work with the uh, get in touch with trophy smack and my work with them, just the opportunities out there. And also I have two articles out right now for going for two.com Amari Cooper fantasy football's middle child and three reasons to why Trey Lance will break out in 2022. I don't care if Jimmy Garoppolo's there. The man's going to do it. Other than that, remember, check in on your loved ones. You never know when they need it. Stay kind to one another. Don't be a giant piece of human garbage. Don't be a piece of shit. Remember that clear eyes and full hearts can never lose, and that your best days, well, they're always spent tilting. Good night, everybody. 